This episode of Friends of Flow is brought to you by NCLEX Mastery. If you're a nursing student and you're about to take your NCLEX, you need to go to the App Store right now and download NCLEX Mastery. So we're all back again, and it's Tess, Judge Ellis. And Rebecca Porter. And Andy Witters. And welcome to Friends of Flow. And today we're very excited to um, be able to have an expert in the field of medication errors and ethical considerations. That's our very own Rebecca Porter. I wrote this paper um, several years ago, and I think it's still relevant. Um, And I think we're going to have it posted, right? Um, For there. Um, I was invited to write this paper. And it was really interesting and rather frightening to get into the literature about it. I think we, uh, and I was looking at it through the lens of ethics. And it was really interesting to get into the literature because I had all these um, assumptions about that doesn't happen very often. And nobody talks about it when it happens. And how are we supposed to act? Um when a medication error occurs or a near miss. And what do you consider, I don't know, what do you guys consider to be a medication error? Well, what I liked in your paper was you um, first defined an error. Right. You know, they're unintentional acts that may or may not result in harm that can be judged to be erroneous by practical and reasonable standards. And I think you guys pick that, as you see in your paper, because it allows for discussion of ambiguous medical errors, right? Or medication administration errors, or MAEs. That would be near misses or misdoses that resulted in no obvious harm to the patient. So that really broadened the discussion, because, you know, oftentimes that is the case, is you do a med error, but you know it's not really going to hurt the patient. Right, and so you never say anything. Exactly. Or you miss an antibiotic dose, but... Oh, well, exactly. Uh, you know, you feel badly for a little while, and usually nobody finds out until somebody orders uh, a drug levels or antibiotic levels, serum right. levels, and then it's all wonky, and everybody gets all excited, and then... Well, e- or not even that serious of stuff. Do right. you know what I'm saying? Like a any time that something makes a mistake, and uh, what I like about your paper is because it, it's... We talked about this earlier. Nursing is the last line before the patient. And so, but yet there's so many other aspects of what goes into an error. When you broaden the definition of medication errors, then that brings in a conversation about the ethics and trustworthiness and honesty. And so that was a big part of your piece is what does it mean to have trust and what does it mean to be trustworthy? And then, then, so that I like that about your piece, but there was a, and then then also then there w- so i guess talk about i guess that's a place to start is talk about trustworthiness and the code of ethics and honesty that we have so right when we talk about the ethics of making a mistake you know we're looking at the virtues we're looking at the virtues of being a nurse virtue ethics and we think about things like trustworthiness we think about being accountable, and we think about responsibility and taking responsibility. Um, being accountable for what we do is one of the most important professional expectations of being a registered nurse. 
and that includes NPs, CRNAs, midwives, the whole continuum of nursing. And accountability means that I have the judgment to do the right thing. So we were talking earlier about, before we started recording today, about near misses or uh, our own professional judgment and is it recognized and do we speak up? And you had a story, Tess, about... Oh, back when I was first a nurse in the emergency department. Yeah. And... um yeah, and this gets in. Yeah, so I was a nurse in the emergency department, and we were this patient was not was in need in need of potassium replacement, and it was very urgent. And there was the physician wanted me to push IV potassium. I don't know the dose, but I knew enough to say I don't think that's right to push this, and I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. And but then the doctors, there were two physicians and somebody else I didn't even recognize in the room. And of course, the patient and me and the doctors both said, no, 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 that's OK. You can do this. And so as I started to do it, this person who was unnamed in the room says, I'll, with a very authoritative, calm voice said, if you do that um, or be prepared for the patient to have an arrest, if you do that, that person is going to die. basically validated everything I had been saying. Um, and in a way and ended up that that was the anesthesiologist. And so it's what we got into the discussion was the nurse being right there with the patient. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you look at that through the lens of the virtues of responsibility and accountability, what, what it is doing is saying you have to speak up and you have to be confident in what you're doing. We nurses are the last point of safety between the patient and everything else that happens to them. That will get into trustworthiness in just a minute. But um, one of the things that I think is really important about um, accountability and taking responsibility is getting away in medical or medication errors, however broadly we define it, is getting away from that name, blame, and shame environment that we have a responsibility, a moral responsibility, and I think legal responsibility to create a working environment where people are not named, blamed, and shamed. So it's a place where you are you supported when a near miss happens. Yeah, it's the culture, and it's it's the the leadership culture of the... your paper is excellent, and you, it, it you, is. You spell it out in the conclusions where you, you say it's an opportunity to exercise kindness, I believe. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that that is a cultural thing that um, I, I think nurses tend to beat each other up uh-huh. uh, when right. er, when errors do happen. Right. And, and, and to err is human. And, well, the and, first and sentence so, of the article is errors or mistakes are part of the human experience, yeah. period. I mean, this is... yeah. And, and so, and we and we should be able to support each other and and be like, yeah, that that we made a mistake. Let's move on. Let's. Nobody comes to work intending to do something wrong, <laughs> right. right? And any this could happen to any one of us, and and that kindness that we show in saying, man, oh man, that how are you doing? And instead of getting into the gossiping and the blaming and the shaming, but sometimes when these mistakes happen. We're, we're so busy that we don't even realize what's happened 
until we get home from work and are reflecting on what happened. Mm -hmm. And then do you go back and disclose? And mm -hmm. to whom do you disclose? And, and it should not be, well, I'm not going to talk about it ever, and I'm not going to fill out a, an incident report, because things have a way of surfacing. So, so, let's, so let's talk about that. Let's, let's, let's Cuz I think down. there were questions too yeah. that have been sent in about how who do you report to? Right. How do you do this? And do you fill out an incident report and do you document that? Why would in you the not medical fill record? Out, why would you not fill out an incident report? I would I, imagine for fear. Exactly. In the yeah, culture. I do too. In yeah. the culture. But and, but if the when you look at why do medication errors happen? So when you as a nurse are giving a medication, here's an example. When you are giving a medication, you go to the med room, you pick it up, and you go to the patient's bedside, and let's say the bedside, people are visiting and talking. You don't know who everybody is in the room. When you give a medication, you give it to the right drug to the right patient at the right time, and there's steps involved in all of those. But the bedside is really chaotic, and there's a whole bunch of people in there visiting. Right. So do you actually stop and say, Mr. So-and-so, could I see your name banned? Could everybody stop talking for just a minute? I want to give a medication. <laughs> yeah. Or do you just sort of slip it to them and say, here's your med, and run out, run out of the room? And if you're a nurse practitioner... Writing a prescription for a patient, do you actually print it out in your in hand printing for them away from distractions and say, this is this medication, this is how you take it, and make sure that they can say that back to you. So, and, and we're relying on technology so much, right. and there's room for errors there. Well, not everybody has a name ban. Not everybody has the ability to confirm their identity. So, so think about uh, uh, dementia units. Think about long-term care facilities, skilled units, uh, offices, uh, dialysis units, where you're relying on family members, um, you're relying on other other nursing staff to identify patients. Where that identification, that that technology, is is not applicable in in those situations. Well, I thought name bands, yeah, in a nursing home, you just, uh, you know, what happens when a new registered nurse comes on and doesn't know everybody and you have a patient sure. with dementia? So what are the standards of that place? What, what's protecting you as a nurse legally, protecting you to make sure that this is the right person with the right drug at the right time? So those are things to think about. And and there's so many factors in that go into making well, and that an was error. The, and we talked about you talk about that in the paper is that even though it's the nurse's accountability at the very end, um, right at the patient point of delivery of medication, you mentioned that there are lots of system factors that oh, play yeah. a part in it. And your article talks about even in, specifically in the ICU, the poor lighting, the physical environment, the alarms, the distracted conversation. Then the communication, is it a verbal order? Was it written down? Was it actually entered in the computer? And then talk again about leadership issues. Uh, who's responsible? Lack of support. Not enough nurses. Yes, not enough nurses. Right. And then the social cultural milieu. Right. So the communication collaboration issues, especially residents and fellows and such. What if the person such? you're working with is really a bully? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and really intimidating. I remember in my very first job, um, 
I I was so afraid the very first time I gave a medication without an instructor around hovering over my shoulder. I was terrified, and the nurse manager on the unit was, and now I know, would label her as really a serious bully. And she would stand over and yell at me and demean me and berate me yeah. for for being slow and methodical. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so what's that environment like? What's the what is the leadership like, mm-hmm. particularly when you're new? And how can you? I mean, I think uh, you know, thinking about this, how do we come up with solutions for our own? Um, I think you called it agency, mm-hmm. our own here. moral agency. Yeah, and um, the professional moral agency in a morally safe environment in right. here, and what's our responsibility for right. that? And we have to create that. Um, and it doesn't just come from leadership. It it starts um, at the bedside mm-hmm. and being responsible and and accountable to your patient and and disclosing disclosure and we t- about saying yes a mistake has been made and there is being a paradigmatic shift in hospital environments about admitting an error um and and this needs to be an open conversation with your legal risk team and not just something that's sort of gossiped about or misinformation tossed around um, at change of shift or or when you're out having having coffee together. Um, the thing I want to talk about is um, trustworthiness. The Gallup poll puts nurses at the top of the list every year. By far, we're, we're the most trustworthy. So you think about your patient in the bedside, um, maybe with dementia. You know, Andrew, all the people that you look after as a nurse practitioner in a nursing home, and the vulnerability of people. And the family and the patient, no matter where you're caring for people, are trusting you to do the right thing. And if you make an error, you didn't mean to make it. But they're trusting you to tell the truth. And sometimes that's really hard. So people are really limited because they can't speak for themselves. So we need to be advocating for them. And in my mind, this all comes down to the basic fundamentals of what is the common glue to all of our values in nursing, which is relationship. Yep. Right? And so, I mean, the times that I remember one, uh, I don't know if I want to go into this story, but... The times that I have sent somebody home and then from a, as a nurse practitioner, I can think of two or three over my career that really stick out where you're like quite worried about somebody, but you make the decision with the patient that they should go home and they end up then maybe having an event that causes them to go into the hospital or the emergency room because of a big event and at the time, you made the decision based on what you had, the right information at the time, not having a crystal ball, but in collaboration with the patient. And then the times that I have um, called them back and said, wow, what happened? How are you doing? You know, and it kind of did a, like a, what do you think? And, and that goes miles. I think that has to do with patient relationship-based care because it's, it's a... Um, I don't know. We're kind of launching onto a tangent. I don't know if this, if we want to go there, but it's a, of course, nobody is perfect. And 
Um, I had a mistake made on me as a patient. Mm-hmm. And um, How I How were you informed of that? Oh, it was really interesting. The staff, it was a medical error, procedural error, and it resulted in me having to have more procedures done. And the the fellow in training didn't want to admit this, and so the staff physician um, came in and said, um, so-and-so has something to tell you. And he mumbled around and looked at the floor and um, mumbled an apology about something and said, so a mistake was made and... Uh, uh, we're going to have to do uh, uh, this other thing. And I was not gracious. <laughs> <laughs> I did not trust that person because that person wouldn't look me in the eye. They stood at the foot of the bed in their little white coat and looked at their feet and stumbled around. Right. And what I really wanted them to do was come over to me and establish a relationship with me and sit right. down, pull up a chair, and say, I have something to tell you. I made an error, or this happened, and I sure didn't go into this thinking of that course. this was going to happen, but it did, and I'm here to apologize to you. And um, it can be corrected, but this is what it's going to involve. And so that would have made me feel a lot more comfortable than... So if a nurse had made a medication error, um, that if the nurse came to me and sat down and said, instead of the physi- a nurse running to a physician, we have to be accountable for what we do. And you don't run and tell mommy and daddy that I, you know, <laughs> so-and-so, I did this, uh, and or simply write the incident report and not necessarily, you know, move forward in the best manner that way. Right. So, so what are our challenges? Uh, yeah. our, our based challenges to reporting are culturally based in the unit, in the hospital. We get blamed. Mm-hmm. People, yeah, nursing. People, nurses, mm-hmm. Other nurses will blame us for, oh, well, she's really stupid. Or he was just back no compassion. Pocket. No compassion. And then that person gets distanced. Everybody will sort of walk away from you because you made a mistake and you must be a crummy person. Um, People gossip. And then what happens is there's a lack of trust. I didn't trust that physician group one iota. Well, I mean, where does this also, I don't want to interrupt you from your list, but where does this take then a really good nurse and not let them thrive in nursing versus saying, here's how we rally around and support someone because it could have been me. Right. Do you well, know what I'm saying? It comes in reporting. Yeah. It comes in reporting and filling out that incident report or that patient safety report mm-hmm. because you did not mean to make that mistake, but there were contributing factors. You were answering 10 call lights. There were three people right. that were needing to go right. to the bathroom. The room was filled with visitors. The, the place was chaotic. The technology failed. Um, the pharmacist and the resident made a mistake in calculating the dosage. It was a you had a fight with your husband before you came into work today, right? You know, I think that that's one thing in your paper: the human factors. Right. What did you, they talk about this in airline pilots and um, and piloting? Is what did you leave at home? Right. You know, and what did you have to assume when you come on? Nobody is super person. You know, right. And so personal when lives. You, when you walk through the doors of the hospital. I liken it to putting on your backpack for work and leaving 
the bags that you carried in from home at the door. And yet you really do have to be able to separate and concentrate. But there's so many factors that go into a mistake or a near miss and how important that is. You guys know that I have to go. Oh, Tessie. I have to go, but I think this is probably a good time for a break anyway. And then you guys can answer direct questions maybe after this is done. That's a great idea. Okay. We're going to miss you, Tessie. Well, you know I'll be back. I know. And I'm with you always. <laughs> See you, Tess. Whether Bye, you not Tessie. Want me there or not. And we'll, Andrew and I will be back in just a couple of minutes. Here at NCLEX Mastery, we love nurses and especially nursing students, but we need your feedback about this podcast. If you have ideas on topics or you have questions you want us to answer, shoot us a message, leave a comment, go to our Facebook page and just tell us what you think because we want to help you in the most specific way that you need that help. Thank you so much. Hey, and we're back. It's Hi. Andy Witters here, Friends of Flow. And Rebecca Porter. All right. We're talking about uh, medication errors and near misses um, based on a paper that um, I wrote a few years ago. So we're back to talk about, Andrew, you had a question while we were taking a break. Well, I thought you brought up a really good point about uh, a healthcare provider, uh, a nurse that might make an error, and the difficulty of, uh, of taking the onus for, for that error. Um, Taking so, a responsibility. Right. So, so your, your, your story of, the, of the, the person that came into your room and stood at the foot of the bed looking at their feet and whatnot, uh, not that I'm defending those types of behaviors, but, but I think there is, there is a, an inherent cultural difficulty in admitting that, that we're wrong. And I think that it's rooted in uh, the idea of shame and then the other idea of this sort of legal sort of Damocles that we have us as professionals. We take personal responsibility for those near misses or errors that happen, but it's so important to remember that you didn't come to work with the intention of this happening. There are so many factors that go into why a mistake happened. And by filling out that, that incident report or the patient safety report, you are helping the system get corrected. Right. And, and so I want to talk... It puts the medication error into, a broader into context. Co- a broader context. Yes, and exactly. I think that there are some strategies for taking that ethical stance um, when and looking at this through an, a, a, an ethics lens and and do you think and I, what I think on the questions that were posted um, on on our media site is that people are struggling with this as an ethical issue that, yeah. that it it is an ethical issue and research has shown that um, there are really four things that affect our willingness to decide to act on whether we would report a near miss or an actual error, and that depends on our knowledge of ethics. It depends on how our clinical expertise. If I'm really new, I might not want to do it. Maybe I don't care about ethical issues, or maybe I'm really passionate about creating an ethical environment, and that will influence me. And also, what do I think about the kind of influence that I have on my unit where I work? But I think that there are some real strategies, and the first one is to be accountable to yourself and to your coworkers, and that's by 
how we create uh, a healthy work environment, and what is the communication like on your unit? Is it respectful? Is it based on trustworthiness and patient safety? So we have a responsibility legally and morally to speak up. When you are outside your scope of practice or when you are outside your limits of knowledge, that you you speak up and say, I don't know enough to be doing this. I will need some help with this. I don't know about this medication. I know nothing about this medication. Before I give it, I'm going to talk to the pharmacist. This isn't being weak. This is actually putting your professional accountability front and center, and it's being an advocate for your patient. And certainly acknowledging, right, safety first. Right. Yes. So what do you do when a near miss happens or an edu- or or a mistake has happened. So let's say something has happened. I imagine I would have, I haven't knowingly, I don't know that I've made a medication error in my practice, but I would imagine it would be a sucker punch to the gut. Yeah, yeah, right, right, you absolutely. I can't even believe this happened. And so the first thing you want to do is either run away Ignore and pretend it didn't happen, but but there's also, you have to admit it, because what if something untoward happens to the patient? And so you can immediately see that having a safe work environment where people aren't being blamed, that you can go to your nurse manager or your charge nurse. And have a dialogue at the very least. And have a very good conversation behind a closed door and talk about how this should be disclosed to the family, to the physician, who should disclose it, and being mindful that making, admitting an error respectfully actually strengthens that relationship. Sure it does. With with um, your coworkers, with the person that ordered the medication, that you can say, I made a mistake. And I would say that what I've seen in practice when when it's communicated to the patient and family members, it's done done so as a as a team. So you have uh, maybe a, a nurse manager and a couple of shift nurses present that are presenting the error, the situation that that happened. Um, the majority of the time that I've seen it in practice, family members and patients are are forgiving. Um, of course, when there's no if it's a heartfelt apology, right? And when, and of course, when there's no harm done, and and there's it's it's understanding the context of of what uh, of, of how, of, it, how happened. it happened, and not as an excuse for why it happened, but. These were the mitigating factors. Yeah. Uh, I, again, in, in my practice uh, that I've observed, um, that coming coming at it in a team fashion is uh, helps to, to, to mitigate those angry feelings, the, the the feelings of sorrow that I think occur on on uh, the nursing uh, side. Um, stops the gossip. Yeah, stops the gossip. It, it builds people up. Um, it encourages this idea to to move on. 
And it, it's an opportunity when you know that one of your coworkers has made an error that you can walk over to him and say, gosh, how are you doing? That must have been awful sure. for you. Yeah. Do you want to have a coffee? Um, how how can I help you get through this? Yeah. And not, not an opportunity to start gossiping um, and blaming. When we choose, if you choose not to disclose an error, what <laughs> what are the consequences? Well, I would imagine the feeling of guilt. I yeah. I, I can't imagine not, not. disclosing yeah. an error, especially in this this day and age. Uh, uh, again, you know, when we talk about patient autonomy, mm-hmm. and we want people to have information about their care, about their treatments, about how things are going, and we respect autonomy. We are one of our first priorities ethically in our code of ethics is to advocate for the patient and if we withhold information from a patient we are not advocating for them and we are not respecting their autonomy right those are two huge violations and and what we were talking before in the break is man it just erodes trust oh absolutely you know trust in one another trust for the patient, for you. Um, and then it's so important to talk about near misses um, or an error at change of shift report. Mm-hmm. And just to say, I missed that antibiotic. I filled out a report. Things got really busy. Um, the drug didn't get here from the pharmacy, so he didn't get that drug. I'm, I'm really sorry. I filled out an incident report. I said why it happened but you need to know that this happened. Or I gave an extra dose. I forgot to check the electronic medical record. I went ahead and gave it and realized that the patient had a double dose, you know, in half the time. And I've this is what I've done to monitor the patient. And I've told the patient. And I've talked to the pharmacist and I've talked to the physician. And we're just going to stagger the next few doses. And we all know that. Sure. Sure. So it's a safety issue. How do you, what do you do when people get into the name, blame, shame? Oh, well. well how, I, like, how do you handle that, Andrew? Well, as a, I, I consider myself a um, a leader and a, a team member when, when taking care of a, a patient. I, I, I've, and when I communicate with uh, a patient and their family, I, I will, Always tell the patient, "You are my focus. I am your advocate. You are you are my my leader. You know, tell your 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 body, your clinical symptoms will will tell me what I think you need. I'll give you the recommendations. You can accept that or not accept it. But if a and mistake so is made, I, so when when a mistake is made, I I tend to uh, uh, gather all the evidence. Um, again, uh, if it's, if it's made, but then I, I, I will present it, uh, or, or or try my best to be present to present it, uh, as, as a team. Uh, and this, this is, this is what happened. And this, and this, and these were the failure points. And I, I talk in, in general terms of, uh, of, uh, it was a, something in, in, in the system. It wasn't a, a choice that a, uh, that a nurse or a care provider made, but this is it. Just this is what happened, and this is what we identified to 
to make it uh, to make it better uh, to, to to mitigate that that future error again. Right, and it also creates that culture of safety and respect right. and and without naming names. Right, is 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 the important aspect, and uh, um, you know, and a patient who might be argumentative might say, "Well, I want to know why nurse." X here didn't recognize that in the first place. And then I, I just go back to the, the, the facts. This is, this is what happened. It wasn't intentional. And I've, and I've never seen a, an intentional, <laughs> uh, egregious error. I, I just, I, I think that, um, I think intentionally harming people, uh, in this profession and this line of work, it, it's, it's, it's exceedingly rare, if if at all it exists in in my in my experience. I, I've I've never seen that. So, so you're talking about your role as a nurse practitioner and a correct. leader. But what what advice do you have about naming, blaming, shaming that goes on among staff nurses? You know, in the back room and the staff room at change of shift, and there's this gossiping stuff going on. Oh, you know, she made. She can't believe she yeah. did that. Boy, well, I never if, let her near me. Well, s- simply, simply put, uh, if you choose to gossip, you're 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 poison. Like you're 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 just poison. So you're part of the problem. So, yeah, you're 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 a huge part of the problem. And and it might even if it feels good to to get some gossip off your chest and to and, and to put someone down and, and build yourself up. I mean that, that that's what gossip is. So when people start gossiping in the back room, in the staff room, and start whispering about what happened, and and you're there, right there. What are things, you know, it's really hard to speak forward, but it's just to say, yeah. you know, any one of us could have made that error. So that's what I have typically said. And I'm, I'm, I'm established enough in my practice where people just don't gossip around me. But, but when I, when I have heard it in the, in the past, I, I say, Hey, we're all, we're all human. I, I paint in the context of, of people make mistakes. Um, no one is perfect. We're all um, we could any one of us could yeah. have done this, and and I think for brand new nurses out there and people who are looking for their first job, I remember being terrified about giving medications yeah. to patients. I I was really well, frightened. fear is natural, and, yeah. and, 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 and all this knowledge that you're carrying, all this training that you've carried, it's it can be hard to trust all of your training. It's easy for me to sit here into a microphone and speak to to trust your training and to trust yourself, but. When it's in practice, when you have a life in front of you, and you're in an emergency situation, you let those fears come out, yeah. and, and it is difficult. And and so, what I would recommend is is uh, recognize those fears, um, and talk to your uh, your colleagues or even even your uh, your your mentors right. about about these uh, experiences that you might have, and work through them. Right, and in the staff room to have the cur- moral courage to speak up and stop the gossip. It's really hard, but when you're a new person, and even a, a senior staff person, you have a moral obligation and a great opportunity to work on changing the culture of your yes, unit. Absolutely. But how about some things that we can do to pre- prevent those near misses and to prevent those medications? And I think... From from my research, it's um, really avoiding workarounds. You know, those are one of the great sources of medication errors. Or avoiding shortcuts. Yeah. Right. So that means um, 
making sure that you actually look at the original order before giving the medication, that a lot of things get passed along in a medical record, get added without, I think it happens less with the electronic medical record, electronic medical record, but if, if you haven't seen that original order and the date that it was originally ordered and does this patient really still need this medication, that that, take that few minutes and, and double check. And during rounds or when you're talking, um, people, when rounds are being made on your patient, um, talk, open up, talk about treatment plans and other medication op- options and make sure that you really understand why each and every medication, I think sometimes medications get carried along um, in hospitals, particularly on older patients, without really clarifying what it's for, how long it to, is it to be given, and what's the stop date on yeah, this medication? Yeah, or, or even the need as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will I will interject, though, with with the advent of how much technology is involved with with uh, providing medications. The thing that I, I see a lot in practice is when a medication is stopped, it is put into the computer uh, format for for communication and oftentimes it is not verbally passed on to nursing reports. So, so I would, I would advise, uh, especially new nurses out there who, who are used to, uh, uh, all of our handheld technologies that we carry around with us and, and units, facilities and clinics to verbally share what's going on with your patient, uh, from one shift to the next and, and to other providers and we're sure. And to others, exactly. And, and, and don't just depend on the electronic right. uh, resource or electronic medical record because, uh, uh, it can be missed. So when you, when you see that, um, nurse practitioner coming on rounds or the physician team coming on rounds, have your list of medications in hand and have them ready and stop that team and say, I would like to review this patient's medications to be sure that you agree with everything that's on here. Sure. I would also recommend that uh, for, for nursing leaders as well, establish a time for, for appropriate communication in between staff shifts uh, so two o'clock might be the time to, uh, to, to give uh, a report to talking to, a, a, a even a recorder. I've, I've seen that in practice that that is useful, I think to some degree. Uh, but, uh, I, I still believe that nothing is better than person to person communication. One of, the, one of the things that's happening at our hospital is they have bedside rounds. The nurses do <sighs> bedside rounds. Um, on every patient, in front of the patient, and they go through all the diagnoses and all the medications and and the basic activities of daily living um, yeah. so that the patient understands all the medications that they are getting or the family member and understands what to expect and what, what exactly is going the on. The patient is actively yeah. involved, and the patient, yeah. uh, in, in my purview, should be your focus and should be your 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 leader for your 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 healthcare plan. So it's really important for us as nurses to we're at what I call the sharp end of medication administration, pardon the pun, and we are obligated to safeguard our patients. And so it's really important to be involved in policy development in your uh, institution to be sure that the entire process of medication ordering 
um, and how it's going to be given, where it comes from, who is giving it is clearly understood by everybody. Absolutely. So I think in wrapping up here, one of the things that um, I think is I would like to talk on about medication errors we wrap up is if you've made a mistake or somebody on your unit has made a mistake, is to think about being a second victim. Because mm-hmm. um, we really need to work hard to um, help people understand that it really is uncomfortable. And we feel fallible, we feel hurt, we feel guilty, we feel panicked. You begin to doubt yourself and not trust yourself when and blame yourself when something bad happens. But just the simple act of acknowledging that an error has occurred and that you allow and you have created and work in a morally safe environment that have policies in place that look for the root cause analysis of what happened and why it happened helps to understand and to stop and think about how vulnerable all of our patients are and and it's simply acknowledging, it's not simple, but acknowledging that an error has occurred, that taking responsibility for it doesn't really decrease the distress that we feel, but it leads to really important practice change, both in ourselves and at the unit level, and and sometimes at the institutional level. And I'll close by saying that our code of ethics is very clear about the care that we take for ourselves and the care that we take of one another. So when an error has occurred is to really look after yourself and forgive yourself and also to be that kind and compassionate person in your unit for the person that may have that it may have happened to. Amen. Amen to that. So I think that's all we got. Have you got anything more, Andrew? I don't think I have anything more to add other than to uh, innovate, agitate, and educate. Be kind to one another. All right. This is Friends of Flow saying until next time. Here at NCLEX Mastery, we love nurses and especially nursing students, but we need your feedback about this podcast. If you have ideas on topics or you have questions you want us to answer, shoot us a message, leave a comment, go to our Facebook page and just tell us what you think because we want to help you in the most specific way that you need that help.